is your wake up call. Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show because this is a voice to society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earned it. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that breakfast club. The world's most dangerous morning show. Be in the mother, be in the Okay. Charlemagne having hey, some fam. technical difficulties. What up, ye? What's up? It's Thursday! Toronto, what up? Now, Charlemagne was just on. His uh, mic sounded a little funny, so I think he reboots. That's the bad parts about being home during this pandemic and broadcasting. Sometimes the you know, it's just don't want to work. Hmm? Somebody was talking to me yesterday, and they were like, yeah, how do you guys manage to still sound like you're all in the studio? I was like, you think so? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Because I was like, I had all kinds of technical difficulties yesterday. Absolutely. So what did you do yesterday? Anything? Uh, yesterday, I actually made an appointment to get my nails done. Mm -hmm. That was nice. And then I was with my real estate agent um, all day yesterday. I told you I'm about to start doing this whole business with these brownstones and rehabbing them in Brooklyn. So I was with her. Yeah. So right now is a great time to purchase property. Property is flying the, uh, the lowest interest rates at, I mean, all time. This is the perfect time to refinance. So people are out there buying. Yesterday, uh, shout out to the credit dude his, that's been on the show, I think a couple times. Uh, yesterday was him and his wife's 10 year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, so I went. I, I passed by there to say happy anniversary, and then I got in and out. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to see love. I'm, I love love. So that, that was a great thing. Charlamagne, you back yet? No. Nope. Okay. And then did you watch the Master P docuseries uh, part one last night? I did not. I passed out so early. I, I, I was upset with myself when I woke up this morning. I was like, I missed it. But I did record it, so I'm going to watch it later on today. Oh, you could have just watched it on demand. Yo, 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 yo. There you go. You hear me now? I can hear you. Yeah. You got bass in your voice now, bro. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. people Damn. still record things. Hmm? What? What do you think no, we got DVR? Was that... I thought you just watched DVD? it on demand. No, no. I do, I do everything DVR. Like, if I miss a show, I, I record it because sometimes I fall asleep. So, like, I watch Million Dollar yeah. Listing, the No Limit thing. I, I put everything on DVR. Every day, on my, every day in my house... Uh, every day in my house at uh, 12.30 p.m. and 4.30 p.m., Bluey gets recorded. Because mm. my uh, one-year-old and uh, four-year-old love Bluey. So I record two Bluey episodes a day. Yeah, I do Team Umi, that, Umizumi. Team time. Yeah, Team Umi. I've is it never Umizumi? used my Umizumi, DVR. Whatever it is. I use it all the time. Team Umizumi gets taped when my... um. My, I tell you, my mother-in-law loves Judge Judy, so I tape Judge Judy for her all day long. So a lot of stuff gets taped. Blue I always use like that. I always use the house. apps on my Apple TV, or I just go and use on demand. Mm -mm. You know what else gets taped in my house? Jesus and Mero because uh, I, re I, I I set it for when their very first episode premiered on Showtime, whenever mm -hmm. that was a year or so ago. And, and like I must have set every it show. for um the record every show. Every show, <laughs> and every show, so every show gets recorded. Absolutely. So yeah. And, but All the right. No Limit doc was incredible. Drop one of clues bombs for Master P. God damn it. Master P told that white man, you white, you think you white and you right? 
man walked out of the office because he wanted to put out an album every week, and, the, and the, the, the white man couldn't see the vision. And what happened? His vision ended up being the correct one. That's the piece. So salute to Percy Miller. Per Percy Miller is a whole legend. Legend ain't even the word. I'm only we only on episode two, and there's three more episodes to go. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Master P is the man, bro. Mm. All right. Not even close. Well, Ray Kwan will be joining us this morning. Yes, another legend. Another legend. Absolutely. Celebrating cool. the 25th anniversary of Only Built for Cuban Links, the purple tape. That's right. So we'll yeah, talk Yeah, Saturday's him in the a 25th bit. anniversary because it came out August 1st. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited when these legends come. You can do a little mini mix and just help remind you all these uh, records that these guys are on, these classic records. So let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, Donald Trump, he wants you to know that if you live in the suburbs, you don't have to worry about low-income housing people and crime. Jeez. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front-page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, Donald Trump and his Twitter fingers are at it again. He tweeted out, I am happy to inform all of the people living their suburban lifestyle dream that you will no longer be bothered or financially hurt by having low-income housing built in your neighborhood. Your housing prices will go up based on the market and crime will go down. I have rescinded the Obama-Biden AFFH rule. Enjoy. So what that rule is, is the Affirmatively Furthering Fair Housing Rule. They made that uh, law as an update to the 1968 Civil Rights Legislation, the Fair Housing Act. And what this law required was that local governments who receive federal funds for housing and development have to account for bias practices, and they have to craft a plan to fix those. Now Donald Trump's administration is announcing they are replacing that fair housing rule with its own rule called Preserving Community and Neighborhood Choice. You know, if the country provided capital for these low-income housing people, as he said, uh, they wouldn't be low-income housing people. If you pump some resources and opportunities into the pockets of the have-nots, then they could afford housing. And the crazy part is Trump thinks he, he probably thinks he was throwing a shot at, at black and brown people, but does he not know how many Americans of all colors lack access to affordable and quality housing? Like, Trump just a rich old white man who doesn't care about poor people, period. Yeah, and when you think about housing and where you live, it also it also affects where you go to school. It affects how your kids grow up and all of those things. So that's why it's really important. They said it was uh, originally, you know, it's just unworkable the way that low-income families are put into small geographic areas with housing projects. And it only makes things even worse. And the, uh, the problems that poor residents face exacerbates because of it. Yeah, I mean, listen, tens of millions of Americans, tens of millions of Americans spend like, I think more than 30% of their income on housing. So that don't leave you no money to be able to do nothing else, okay? You can't you can't meet your other needs like groceries or your, your prescription drugs. Like, come on, man. And ten, tens of millions of Americans live in homes that endanger their health and safety. So he don't even really know what the hell he's talking about. He really thinks he's throwing a shot at black and brown people, but he's really throwing a shot at like tens of millions of American people who can't afford quality housing, bro. Yeah, and again, this just is a way to show that Donald Trump is having issues and he's having problems in the polls with the suburbs. And so this is his way of trying to appeal to those people, yeah, like and suburban the, voters. And, and let me tell uh, our community, if you're out there and you own a business, uh, I don't know if they still have the PPP uh, grants and loans or they have these small business loans. Now is the time if you have a, a vision. Now is the time if you ever wanted to open up a business 
to really look into it because they are giving, I'm not going to say giving money, but they are lending money like crazy. Now is the time. So definitely check and don't call your man that says, yo, I get 10% off the, no, call and find out. Call your accountant. If you don't have an accountant, look an accountant up because they are giving money to help people start businesses. If you have a business that you hear all these stories about these, these businesses getting $4 million and people buying Lamborghinis, yes, they're giving money. Not to do that though. To start your business and to make sure your business is running. Yeah. And remember, it is. And remember, out. it is a loan, by the way. It so is. you know, you it is a loan that you have to pay back unless you use it for specific items. Correct. Right, like non-payroll, you know, and payroll costs, non-payroll costs, all of those things. If you want things to be forgiven, it has to be for a specific things. So you can't just get a loan and think you just got some money. Absolutely. Well, those. Are, I mean, that, that's that's for people who already have businesses, though. I mean, that's why we had. Um, you know, Robert Smith on the show and Robert Smith launched uh, QuickBase.com, which is still available, by the way. I don't I don't know how much money is uh, left for, for, for small businesses, but you can go to QuickBase.com. And um, they even had OurFairShare.com. That's the one Diddy was pushing. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, like, so those, if, if, those websites are the ones that you could go to to, you know, get access to this capital. Absolutely. And there's a lot of it. Business. So please do it. Please, please do it. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Hey, how y'all doing, man? I was actually made that anonymous. What's up, Anonymous? Okay. Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, man, I like to get off my chest now. I work for the second biggest sanitation company in the U.S., and it's been so much racism going on at my job, man. It's like, mm. how, how, how is a black man supposed to survive out here if the white people just keep bringing, just keep bringing us down? What's like, happening at your job? Like, like, it's a video going around, and the guy was supposed to go get the container, but he's seen the Black Lives Matter flag. He basically cussed it out, drove off, and now, and now they say he said and he still has his job. Mm. It's only four people that work at my job. I have a twenty out of twenty white people, four four black people. Damn. So basically, what you're telling us is you witnessed white privilege. <laughs> That's what you. Nah, witnessed. I ain't with this white privilege. I'm trying to no, no. I said you witnessed. To... I said you witnessed. Yeah, witnessed. I mean, witnessed. I mean, man, where I'm from, bro. I, I I'm from I'm from Southside Chicago, bro. But now it's just like. It, 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 it's just hard out here, man. It's hard out here for a black man. Bro. America. That's what Hello? everybody's fighting for now. Hello, who's this? Yo, Envy, what's going on, bro? It's Melo. Melo, what up, bro? I haven't heard from you in a minute. How's everything? Everything is great, man. I Like I said, I've been handling my business. Finally got off of unemployment, got me a new job. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, congrats been a to you. you. <laughs> nah, congrats to y'all. Forgive me. Like, I'm, I'm working. Congrats to y'all, man. Envy, I heard you about to buy a new crib. Your kids is graduating. That's lit. Uh, I would mean? say that's lit. <laughs> I'm just happy. I'm just happy, man. Life is great. My my daughter's graduating. I mean, she's turning into such a good girl, such a good woman, beautiful person. Well, in fact, yo, I know it's mad late, but happy belated to Charlemagne. Mad late, Thank you, King. King. Yo, Angela Yee, you've been looking marvelous on the gram. I've been liking up all your flicks. Thank you, Mello, from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> He's been liking all your <laughs> flicks. Yeah. Well, in fact, I just like I said, I just want to give a happy birthday shout out to my homegirl, Kashana. I'm, I'm a day late, but my bad. Happy birthday. I'm about to go to work right now. I'm going to catch y'all later. All, All right. right. He hung up on us. <laughs> he hung up on us. I'll catch y'all later.
Get it off your chest. 800 585 Drama's not here today, Eddie. We're drama. Took the day off today. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Betsy. <laughs> hey, Betsy, get it off your chest. All right, I'm mad that, like, it's halfway through the year and I still ain't get my taxes. <laughs> you ain't get your oh, taxes wow. back. Oh, man, I don't know. Like, it's an amendment, and then because of that, like, I still ain't get my a relief money. I'm a mother of four, and I'm an essential worker. I'm on my way to work now. That's crazy. And I still ain't get my taxes. <laughs> did you did you put all four kids to, on your taxes? How much you supposed to get back? <laughs> Man, I was supposed to get like eight, eight thousand. You know, Jeez. and then you could use that right now. I work hard. You know, I'm on my way to work right now. I work hard, and I still ain't even get emergency money. So I'm obligated to work, and I still ain't even get nothing. Like Damn. nobody calls back. IRS is like MIA. So did you, put, did you put all four kids on your taxes? Um, no, no. Um, well, I claim three, and my husband claimed one. You know, we're like been together fourteen years. So, um, but I couldn't get it. He got his, and that came and went. Like, thank God for that. But just mad about mm-hmm. that. Hopefully, somebody get back to me. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know why you didn't yeah. get your taxes yet. I have no idea. I I don't know neither. Like, they're just MIA. Nobody calls you back or anything. So, hopefully, you know. Right. But I bet if you owe them money, they'd be. If you owe them money, they'd be on it. I'm telling you, they said they're supposed to pay you in a mix of, like, if it, it, it's past 16 weeks. When you do an amendment, you only got 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. After that, I'm already on my 21st week, so I don't know what's happening. But, yeah, I want to say hi to um, DJ Envy, um, Angelique, you know, Charlamagne the God. Y'all do great. I listen to y'all every morning. So Thank you, Queen. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you, Mama. Hello, who's this? Miami. Just cause she, just cause she calling from Florida, which is the craziest place in America, don't mean she deserves to get hung up on. Whose phone is like that? I've well, been hung up on twice. Say so what? You been hung up on twice? I was on the phone for 37 minutes yesterday, waiting. I'm not from Florida. I'm from New Orleans, so I just live out here. You heard me? Well, okay. we're sorry for treating you like your baby daddy treats you. I ain't got no baby daddy. I got a baby mama, Charlamagne. You got the baby. Oh, I'm daddy. sorry. That was Apologies. messed up. So I'm how you gonna make better than you and Envy, though, but you know. I, be- I believe you. I believe you, too. Good morning. How are you? Be- and, and get this off my chest about this foolishness Trump got these people on out here in Florida. Man, these, these people, they, they just walling out here, and this corona's going crazy, but I'm black, blessed, black, and highly favored. And That's right. I'm just trying to stay out the way because these people out here... You know, they they showing their true colors, and I'd rather you show me who you are than to hide it. And, and it's coming That's out right. out here. Okay. I thought you said you're from New Orleans. I am from New Orleans. I've been living in Florida since 2005, though. Oh, got yeah. you, got you, got you. Okay, did you watch yeah. the Master P doc last night on BET? I was asleep. I'm a hardworking woman, sir. There you go. Yes, sir. Well, you could watch it on demand, or maybe you DVR'd it. Well, thank you for checking yeah, in. I didn't DVR it, but I know Master P and Wayne them story personally. I was out there in them streets with him when it was going on, so I don't need to watch the story to know his history and to know his journey. I was living legendary it. story. Some special people come out of New Orleans, bro. I tell you that. Well, well thank you, what you mean Mama. By special, 
Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, special, like special, like special, special, like incredible, amazing, legendary. Y'all got to stop hanging up on people, man. Why y'all hang up on people so fast? I'm not there. Can't, can't blame today. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. We got rumors on the way, E? Yes, let's talk breakups. We'll tell you what couple has just filed for divorce, and we'll give you an update on another couple who actually has already filed for divorce. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. We got to send out a rest in peace. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Yes, rest in peace to Malik B. from The Roots. He was a longtime member of The Roots. Now, they did confirm that he passed away, and according to uh, Black Thought and Quest Love, they said it is with heavy hearts and tearful eyes that we regretfully inform you of the passing of our beloved brother and longtime Roots member Malik Abdul-Basit. May he be remembered for his devotion to Islam, his loving brotherhood, and his innovation as one of the most gifted MCs of all time. We ask that you please respect his family and extended family in our time of mourning. Such a great loss. He was only 47 years old, and they have not said what the cause of death was. Wow. Well, Jesus Christ, 47 is mad. 47 is mad young. It is. Especially when you're 42, like I am. So mm-hmm. rest in peace to Malik. Right. Again, let's give our condolences to his family and to his friends. All Absolutely. right, Tracy Morgan and his wife, Megan Bolivar, have split. They have filed for divorce. And he gave a statement to TMZ saying, sadly, after nearly five years of marriage, Megan and I are filing for divorce. This is a challenging time for all involved. They met back in 2011. Their relationship started with a blind date. They announced their engagement at the Emmys later on that year, had their first child in July of 2013. And then they got married in 2015. She was by his side throughout everything that happened with the Walmart truck driver slamming into his limo in June Mm -hmm. of 2014, where his close friend was killed, James McNair. And he was in a wheelchair for several months. After that, he did settle that lawsuit with Walmart for an alleged $90 million. And Tracy Morgan was on with Oprah on Super Soul Sunday. And here's what he had to say about his wife at that time. She stayed in there for two weeks with me. And what was weird was two months before the accident, I did my will. Really? And I made her my health proxy. And sure enough, they started asking me questions. And they asked me one question. They said, if you were on life support, who do you want to make that decision? I said, my wife. Two months later, look what happened. Wow. She told the doctors no a few times. No, you're not putting a hole in my husband's neck. He's an entertainer. The next day, I start breathing on my own. So she's a good girl, strong woman, strong woman. Yeah, he always credits her for saving his uh, vocal box, that they wanted to take his vocal box out, and she said no. Um, and she made a great decision with that. He always talks about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate to hear about divorce stories, man. You know? But it's a very trying time. That quarantine and that pandemic revealed a lot about people and it revealed a lot about their relationships. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people either grew closer during this time or they grew farther apart. So I guess the folks that are getting divorced grew farther apart. Mm-hmm. All right, and we told you about Dr. Dre and his wife, Nicole Young, getting divorced. Well, they did have a prenup. So I know a lot of people previously were saying that there was no prenup in place, but she's speaking spousal support as well as division of their multi-million dollar properties. And... 
uh, all that is going to be determined based on the terms of their prenup. We're not sure what that is. But, you know, Dr. Dre has a lot of money, so. Yeah, but she, I mean, he's been married to her for a, a long time. Like, what, 20-something years? Since 90. Since ninety six, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, she's been there. She's she's been there through thick and thin with them as well. They have a couple of children, so yeah. Right, and they do have a prenup, so we don't know what exactly is in that, but mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to separate things. But they have a twenty three year old son, a nineteen year old daughter, so there's no child support issues, just spousal support and whatever's in that prenup. Okay, you got All it. All right, and I know. Yeah, he definitely has it. (laughs) All right, and Yandy was on social media, and she was just talking about the trauma that she's been going through and how difficult it's been for her to go to sleep at night. Here's what she had to say. It's 6 o'clock in the morning, and um, I'm just waking up from a horrible nightmare. I went to bed at 4. I have not been able to sleep. And um, I just wanted to share what life is like when you live in constant fear and i don't know maybe it's my anxiety but i woke up today thinking federal agents busted my house and shot me and my children totally understand how she feels i feel that way all the time whenever i see something uh traumatic happen to a black person whether it's uh you know the brianna taylor situation uh Maude aubrey George Floyd, you know, whether it's uh, Nipsey Hussle, God bless the dead. Like, anytime those situations happen, I automatically put myself in that person's shoes. And I mm-hmm. automatically think, what if I'm ever put in that situation? And you automatically think situations like that are going to happen to you. That's just the way anxiety works. And you know what? You can't even call it an irrational fear because you actually see it happen to other people. Right. Absolutely. Well, along with this video, she posted Black Mothers. Fear to create the gift of our womb. Fear to let them play in city parks. Fear to see them sleep peacefully, knowing there will be many rude awakenings. Breonna Taylor's murder is an epic fail of our American justice system that has caused PTSD in so many black women. The no accountability has enraged so many, but particularly it has aided in the diminishment of the value of a black woman's life. Yeah, she's absolutely right. And this is America. So when, 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 when people say... You know, we're not truly free in America. This is what the hell we are talking about. One of, one of the many reasons we can never truly feel liberated in a white supremacist system. Yes, those officers have still not been arrested or held accountable for killing Breonna Taylor. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, we got front page news. What are we talking about? A new coronavirus test, and coronavirus test, and they're saying this one is 97% accurate and less invasive. And let me tell you something. I do not want to have to do that coronavirus test up my nose again, so this one sounds amazing. All right, we'll talk about it when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with this coronavirus test that is non-invasive. A New York City fertility doctor has developed this rapid non-invasive test that results in uh, 30 minutes or less that you can find out whether or not you are positive for coronavirus. And you just use your saliva. How does it work? Yes, they said it it deals with enzymes. Mm -hmm. And it's a tube that contains enzymes and a compound causes a chemical reaction before the tube is then warmed up with the heat block. The liquid turns yellow if it's positive and red if it's negative. So Mm. it's a single step, 30 minutes, just using your saliva. I never want to get that nasal test again. So, yeah, And it's 97% um, accurate. 
Wow. Okay, that's great because my, my wife ordered uh, a few of them yesterday, and they, they actually came within 24 hours. Because we're thinking about uh, going somewhere, and the place that we're going, you have to have a a test within um, five days. Mm-hmm. So we got to do the saliva test, but you got to do like a Zoom meeting with the with the with the lab technicians, so they can actually see you spit into the tube, and mm-hmm. then you send it back. Right, and the cost per test is under fifteen dollars. So what? what is it called? I, yeah. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. I'm really excited about that because let me tell you something. I feel Sounds like, like you paid a little more than that, sir. I'm about to go check my credit card statement <laughs> right now. I don't remember that $15 goddamn conversation. That's not what I heard. <laughs> you had to add a zero to that 15 Well, it's only that? in pre... By the way, this is only in preliminary study, so it's not available yet. So they're still what, studying. The it's not I, available. I got mine upstairs. No, this particular one that this person... Oh, the rapid one. Okay, you, yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So this one is still in testing, but they're saying so far it's looking pretty good. Oh, it was right, very now, uncomfortable when they stick that thing up your nose, Yee? It's Yes, I did not like it. It, uh, it, may, it might make you tear up a little bit. It's quick, though. I'll say that. It's really, really quick, but you have, like, pain afterward for a few minutes, and then it goes away. So it's quick, but it does hurt a lot. Imagine just having, like, a Q-tip shoved up all the way up your nose. Jeez. Like, so it feels your like a jab? Yeah, but they and they leave it there for a minute, so uh, it's just uncom- it's very uncomfortable. Oh my goodness! It's not the worst thing in the world. Like I just wouldn't want to do it again. It's the, the anticipation kills you too, and then afterward, your nose is just sore up there for a little while. All right, now like all fifty states. That, uh, STD mm-hmm. test when they used to put the Q-tip in your pee hole. I never had. That I don't know about that. Right? What, was that? Yeah. what was that for? Gonorrhea, I think. Sounds like you know. <laughs> nope, never had. It. I think. Goodness gracious. All right, now, all 50 states are issuing a warning about these mysterious packages of seeds that are coming in the mail unsolicited. And mm-hmm. people across the nation have been getting these in the mail. It says they appear to be coming from China. And the mark they're marked with labeling from China Post. And what they are saying is what if you get these seeds in the mail, whatever you do, don't just throw them in the garbage. Throw the seeds away because then they could be taken somewhere where they could be planted and grow into who knows what, but they feel like it's a brushing scam. That's when you get unsolicited items from a seller who then posts false customer reviews to boost sales. So that's what they think it is. So if you get a package that you didn't order, they said that is one of the first things that they suspect that it is. But if you're a target of this, it doesn't mean your personal information has been compromised. If you get this, just make sure you contact your state plant regulatory office. Keep the packaging and mailing label intact until you get further instructions from authorities and don't open the packet of seeds and don't plant them because the origins are still unknown. Don't put them in the trash. They could end up in a landfill where they could take root. And yeah, just make sure you do those things and check your credit card statements and your credit report to make sure that nothing else different is taking place. So they don't know what this How do we is. Know they- so they don't know what's going on. Nope. How do we know they're not magic seeds? How do we know that somebody isn't trying to look out for, you know, uh, Americans in some way, shape, or form, and they're sending us magic seeds, and if we plant yeah. them, some magical tree will grow that'll protect us, or I don't know, grow money or something. I'm planting has the seeds ever ha- from the miles. Has that ever happened before? Ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead and well, plant that tree. It's, it's, it's a lot of things that's happening in life that we have never seen happen before, and guess what? Stranger <laughs> things have happened. And if I get them So you think a money seeds, tree I'm will grow it? You, think God, you don't know. I'm planting them. Why would you okay. give the what, 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 why would you get send the seeds back? Why are they so worried about these seeds? They, nobody said they nothing say about them. Nobody knows nothing about them. Nobody knows they ain't nothing say nothing about, about them seeds being toxic. 
They ain't saying nothing about them seeds killing you. They just said if you get the seeds, turn them into us. For what? Might be you magic know what seeds. It is. I'm planting these seeds. Exactly. And we'll plant them and find one, out. Nope. One last time, a rest in peace to John Lewis. Today is his funeral, which will take mm-hmm. place in Atlanta. And Barack Obama will be delivering the eulogy as well. So it was a whole week-long memorial that took place. Donald Trump hasn't participated in any of it. He said he wasn't going. But today, you'll see uh, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama will all be attending. Rest all in right. peace to John Lewis. Donald mm-hmm. Trump don't give a damn about his ops. Living a day. If he was an op, if he was an op to Trump while he was alive... <laughs> You're not going to sit here in front like he liked you when you pass away. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, that's front page news. Now, when we come back, Raekwon will be joining us. Raekwon, the chef, of course, from Wu-Tang. So we're going to kick it with Ray when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Tell him why. Tell him why. Because the 25th anniversary of Only Built for Cuban Links is August 1st. Mm -hmm. 25th anniversary of the Purple Tape. That's right. So we'll talk to him when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now, Raekwon. What it do? What it do, man? You know, we celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Purple Tape. Yeah. You know, for me back then, it was just about getting it out and making an album that I felt would, you know, be successful. Um, we was in a we we had a great wave at that time, you know. Who was doing a thing? We was new. We was two years in the game, and when it came down to it, I knew I was the next batter up, and I just wanted to make the album that I felt a lot of was going to respect, and it would be a classic album, you know. Do you watch the versus battles and see all the battles? Hell yeah, I'll be watching them. Mm-hmm. That seems like something you would do. It seems like you you would jump in one of those. Would you? I mean, you know. It, it depends on the competition. I mean, you can't Ooh. put me in there with a poop putt. It ain't... Raekwon versus Ghostface. I mean, yo, it's so crazy. Me and Ghost were talking about it a while ago, you know, and, and, and we both was down to do it. But it's like, you know, being at this quarantine sh- had us had us a little locked down. We was trying to figure out how we could pull it off. But yeah, that, that probably would have been... That would be dope. That would have been something that we would have just wanted to do fun too based on the fact that me and Ghost got so many records you know not only together but you know he got a lot of albums I got a lot of albums that would be dope I saw my girl Rocky Thunder yesterday. She said Ghost and Ray would make sense, but then she also said as a Wu-Tang head, Chef versus Meth would make a lot of sense too, just because that was the record on, on Bring the Pain. Meth versus Chef. Meth versus Chef. Meth versus Chef. I mean, at the end of the day, I ain't, I ain't mad at it. You know what I mean? It's just all about how, you know, because I'm the type of that, yo, when, when shit is being played, I want to make sure that at the end of the day it sound quality, it sound clear, and that that... That's really my issue. You and Ghost got to be in the same room, or you and those and those stories, absolutely, those stories will be amazing too. By the way, the stories you can tell about making the songs and being on the road back in the day, and the skits that you guys had on the Mm -hmm. albums, and the beefs that y'all had with each other, and all of that just coming up. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, hell yeah. No question, no question. I'm gonna be Mm -hmm. honest with y'all. The the one I loved the most was the last one with DMX. I'm sure. Why you like that one so much? That was a good one. Yo, they was going at it. I'm talking about Pitbull versus Sharpay, a a grimy Sharpay, like, you know, against the (laughs) That's how I looked at that. Right. You know, in in 95, what what was the climate in New York at the time when Purple Tape dropped? 
oh my God, it was boring. It was, it was, you know, the best hip hop was was being made. It was the transition, you know, lyrics was was something of importance because you got to remember at that time it was it was hard to get a record deal. You know, you had to really mm-hmm. work hard. You had to really have the right connections. It wasn't no internet. It wasn't none of that other shit. So, you know, you had to really be, be clever and have what it takes to win. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people came out. You know, Mary, you know, Bad Boy was killing it. B.I.G. was killing it. Then you had Nas and them, the Queens. Mm-hmm. Queens is making a move. And, deep. Mm-hmm. You know, camming them up in Harlem. You know, so New York City was just on fire. And, you know, here we come. A, 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 a nine-member a nine crew that everybody pretty much slept on Staten Island, and the next thing you know, they realized, like, yo, the niggas got talent out there. The niggas, mm-hmm. where they from? Who's that? So just that time, to me, it kind of, like, put our city in the forefront of hip-hop in a special way back then, you know? It seems like with you, Ray, you never had everybody loved you. You was it was whether it was Terror Squad, it was Nas, it was you know R and B, whether it was with Jodeci or SWV, like everybody loved Ray. So how how, how was those relationships built? You mob deep. Everybody loved Ray. You, you never hear Ray having problems with nobody. Oh, cause I'm a real one. You know that it's like yo, I, I don't change, man. And you know I I've been told that I'm I'm the spark to a lot of energy when they doing their thing. Like you know I come from the street, and I come from a, a block of territory where a lot of ain't gonna make it out so when i was able to get hit hit with something positive in my life i just felt i just loved it i, I love music man i you know i love all kind of music and i love real mm-hmm. people you know what i love about Wu-Tang? you would never think this before meeting you guys yeah. and knowing y'all but when you guys listen to music it'd be like old school r&b soulful music all the time yeah, and that's really like what your thing is. I remember being in the office, you'd be up there playing Keith Sweat, Twisted, and Carl it. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I still play it, you heard? That's mm-hmm. the music, believe it or not, that's the music that keep me keep me going. You know what I mean? Like that's another thing that love about me too is the fact that you might think that your chef is always trying to be on some hard shit and nah, that ain't what it is for me. I love a lot of my energy come from listening to shit like that. I love listening to R&B music. I love listening to old shit like Teddy Pendergrass, Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. It's just something about that music that does something to me where it calms me down. It gives me an opportunity to think about life and think about where I came from and where I'm going. You know, it, it's a grow-up factor thing. That's crazy you say that because, you know, one of my favorite R&B records of all time is the Freaking You remix. With you and Ghostface. So with that said, you, you couldn't wait to bless that record then, I'm sure. Oh, uh, man, yo, we was drunk as a motherfucker that night. We drank this shit called Aftershock that KC, that KC had, had brought to the table. <laughs> and, um, you know, back then, you know, Jodeci was, was big. They was one of our favorite groups. You know, they was hood. They come from where we come from. And, and you know, when we, when we heard that they wanted to do the record, you know, me and Ghost was like, hell yeah, we f- with the n-. like, stay, come, you know, come and talk. All those records was like classic, classic sh-. And you know, mm-hmm. at that time, groups was was the sh- back then, you know. So, so when it came down to doing the verses, it's like I just wrote my sh- right on the spot 
it took me about like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Anytime I feel like it's a good beat, I write quicker. In the first line, you got stacks like the international. That's like the international. You know what I mean? That's the man makes motion and bet. That to me just took it to the next level for me. It's like it made my rhyme more easier to write. And then Ghost mm-hmm. followed up like a word. That's how you. That's how you doing it. And then he came back, kicked back, put your feet up on. Kick the your feet up on table. my glass table. <laughs> Grab the remote, baby. Check my <laughs> on cable. I got the Hey Love album. Hey Love album plus, plus Dodeci. Hold it up. The Easy Riders in the ashtray. Now, Ray, with it being the 25th anniversary, right, I also saw you posted your oldest daughter is 25 now. So that means when the album came out, you also had a daughter. So what was that like at that time? Oh, man, you know, I was was becoming a man, you know. I was like, holy You know, when you have a child, it's like, hold up. This 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 means more than anything to me to make sure that she gonna be alright. That's why I always tell anybody when you have kids, it's like that's a million dollar investment. I don't give a f- if you don't got the million yet. You're gonna spend a million. So it it, it made me grow up as a man. It made me it turned me into a man. All right, we got more with Raekwon. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Raekwon. Charlamagne? You got three songs on the album where you rap strictly by yourself. Scarface is one of them. Looking back, do you wish you had more solo songs on, on the Purple Tape? Nah, not really. I mean, you know, it was just, we was feeding off each other. So at that time... I just wanted that energy to be felt with all of us, you know, because I'm always the type of dude that that's thinking for the team. So for me, I was just having fun. I'm just happy to catch a check and and be able to flash a, a job badge to the police. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, listen, leave me alone. I, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't do the shit that I used to do. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I wasn't really excited about the solo thing at first until... Until, it, until my card got pulled, and then it was like, yo, they want you, kid. You know, all of them is special, ghost? but me and Ghost yeah. was just, it was something about us. We like Siamese twins and shit. Right. You know? To this day, you and Ghostface are still super tight. Did y'all ever have a falling out? Nah, nah. We, you know, we just come from different neighborhoods, and we never crossed paths in the street where we had issues. You know, we went to school together when we was younger. I remember being a lifeguard down in Stapleton in his projects. And you his- was a lifeguard? <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> no, a li- yo, listen, a lifeguard that don't even know how to swim, though, you know? <laughs> what? Like, how did you get that job? There was no qualification? Yo, listen, I don't even know how I got it, but it's like they might have just wanted me just to clean the chlorine and so just to put the chlorine in the water. But if a <laughs> would have fell in the water and drowned, he probably would have been f- up. You, you know, know how to I mean? swim now? I mean, I mean, I, for, 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 for like eight seconds, you know? <laughs> I can't, it's cool, yeah. right? I can't swim either. I'm with you. I don't know how to swim either. Once my feet can't touch yeah. the ground, it's over. You know, little <laughs> and you know, jumping off the fence in the pool and I got to snatch up and want to go back and go get their big brothers and all of that. And I ain't care. It was like, yo, go get them, you know? But they love me out there. Stapleton, they, they had a lot of respect for me. He's like, yo, you real? And um, you know, I never, I never had no problems with Ghost, you know, you mm-hmm. know. But at the same time, you know, Ghost was a, 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 a um, he was a crook, though. He's a crook. He's the kind of my neighborhood and and get busy on, and 
Gotcha. So hold on now. You said you said on the on the Wu Tang American saga, it's like you and Ghost kept trying to kill each other. Like you shut up, you shot up Ghost's apartment. Like was that none of that was real? That was a movie, bro. You know what I mean? It was inspired. It was inspired by things that that may have happened in the hood. But me personally, nah, I didn't. I didn't shoot up his crib. But I guess that that's how they wanted to paint the picture. The game is to be sold, not to be told. So, no, I didn't know. Chef ain't pull out no no gun and and shoot at him. Or Chef never really had a a major beef with him. You know, dudes that out that was around me had a beef with Ghost. Did you ever burn down Riz's crib, his trap house, <laughs> like in the show? Nah, I ain't burned down nobody crib, bro. <laughs> How did you feel about that being portrayed that way then on the series? I mean, you know, I was just looking at it like, yo, it's a dope movie. You know what I mean? Yo, enjoy it. But I'm going to be honest, yo. I'm, I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. It's like, I, I wasn't really down for the series. I wanted to make a movie. You know? You wanted to be and real. I, mm -hmm. I pretty much told, yeah, I wanted to be real. I wanted to be, I wanted to see the real, real, real. You know what I mean? Where, mm -hmm. where you seen Ghost get shot in the neck before. You know, he got shot out of state. So when you listen to records like, can it be also simple to remix? He broke it down to y'all. Yo, check what happened out of check state. Check what happened out of state. Knocking off a half a cake. Shot me blood. Cash rules flying at a fast rate. And all that. Like, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be like NWA style. You know what I mean? Right. Like notorious style. I wanted it to be like that. And I came back to Risen. and I'm like, yo, listen, bro. We too big to be doing, you know, that type of shit. But at the same right. token, he kind of convinced me, like, yo, Chef, our story is so long, you know, it won't really be able to grasp it in two hours. You can still do that, too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Hey, it, it might be able to happen, but I remember Rizzo was talking about, yo, you know, yo, that take a lot of money or whatever the case may be. And he had got offered some money, but he turned it down. I think he got offered, like, $10 million to do this shit, and he felt like it wasn't enough. But you know me, I'm looking at him like... What are you talking about? He was like, if you could go raise that money, then yeah, go raise that money. So guess who I went and caught up with? And I brought to the table. I brought the Leonardo DiCaprio to the table. It's his his company. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know, it was it was a good brother. It was a good brother that we all know, Q Tip. You know that that threw the plug out there to Leonardo, and and Leo was like, yo, yo, let's have a meeting with Chef. You know what I mean? So I met Leo in some some old pizzeria in Brooklyn and shit, but the pizza was banging. And I told Leo, listen, this is what we trying to do. Blah, blah, blah. He was like, yo, you serious? He was like, yo, I would love to be a part of it. So, you know, I set up the meeting. And the meeting, we had the meeting in Beverly Hills. And um, Leo wasn't there, but his, but his representatives was there. And, um, you know, RZA came through. And, you know, they was talking and they was trying to figure out what was going on, you know, and, and seeing that if it could make sense. But RZA had already had a situation going on with um with these um mm. with these guys with the Hulu, you know, with the with the company Imagine. So I just kind of felt like RZA didn't want to, you know, run out the back door on them to do that. But I was I wasn't feeling good about that because I was looking at it like, yo. We we all can make a lot of money if we do a great movie and then have access right. to stars like Leo and you know these dudes is about to lay it out for us. But 
you know how it is with, with me and these guys. It's like, especially yeah, man. It's like we love each other. We love, we love to hate each other sometimes. We love each other. We hate each other because of principles and morals and I just, and business. I just wanted to go get the money. You know, the, the beauty of the Purple Tape Red is that it stands on its own because I've always said I want to see Quentin Tarantino do a crime street drama like a new version of New Jack City based off the Purple Tape. But even with that said, I don't feel like the story of the Purple Tape has been properly told. And I know you did a documentary. When's that coming? Oh, man, yo, I'm glad you spoke on that, man. You know, because the documentary about the Purple Tape is coming real soon. Like, I've been working on this, y'all, to be honest with you, for like the last four and a half years on the low. I spent a ton of cash, you know, really investing into it because, you know, what even made me want to do it is the fact that it's cats like yourselves that really idolized that album. And I knew Absolutely. that, you know, my 20-year anniversary was coming up at that time. And I was thinking that I could just kind of, you know, kind of pull it off in that time. But then I realized, like, yo, documentaries ain't that easy to do. And it take a lot of work and it take a lot of money. And, and I wanted to do it myself. And sometimes in, in this corporate shit that we in, more don't respect that you want to do it organically yourself because they feel like, yo, you a rapper. You know what I mean? I tell you, nah, I ain't a rapper. I'm a mogul. So, but now it's, it's in the, we in the editing room. You know, you know, of course, with me, I, I ain't coming out with no bullshit. Y'all gonna love this one. All right, we got more with Raekwon when we come back. Let's get into a Raekwon mini mix. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. That was a Raekwon mini mix. Charlamagne? I always wondered why wasn't ODB on the album. ODB was, he was doing ODB. <laughs> ODB, ODB, you know, he was, he, he was making a lot of money and he was, he was moving around. Yo, I couldn't get him. I couldn't, we couldn't get him, Charlamagne, you know, just being honest. And um, I, I remember speaking to him and telling him, like, yo, my you didn't make the album, but you better be at this. You better be here, man. Mm -hmm. Don't do that to me. You know what I mean? So he's like, yo, chef, I'm going to be there. Yo, don't worry about it. Yo, I'm sorry. Yo, I didn't make the album. My back. You know, and I, I was cool with that part, but I just wanted him right. to be there for the, the, the photo shoot with The Last Supper because, you know, to me, all those little pieces was was a part of my vision. And, and y'all know, y'all know, I um, y'all know, I got a store in Toronto called the Purple Factory, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know that that's a new store that we had opened up in Toronto. Toronto is my second city. I love, I love Canada. They always been good to me and good to the clan for the last 20, 20, 20 something years. So I decided to open up a um, a, a flag boutique store out there, and we called it the Purple Factory because. It's like a museum, you know, but then you can still go up in there and go get fly gear that, that's being made that, you know, that I got my hands on. I want the world to know, you know what I mean? Yo, it's in Toronto. Yo, y'all can go check it out and y'all can get online pieces too, you know? You know, you know Ray, in you, in you God's book, Raw, uh, he said the Purple Tape was actually supposed to be a Wu-Tang album. Is, is that true? Hell no, it ain't true. Kill me with all this bullshit. It wasn't no Wu-Tang album. We see, one thing you got to remember, it's like every album that we was making, we was making collectively because we felt like collectively we was doing something. But at the right. end of the day, 
whoever album was coming up, they had to basically sit there and deal with RZA day by day. But we mm-hmm. always called it a Wu-Tang album. So I'm not shooting now what you guys said, but it was never that because that album, me and Ghost, we, we jetted off. We went to Barbados. But I always called the album a Wu-Tang album because my crew, my family was on it. Right. You know what I mean? If your family is attached to it, yeah, you feel like at the end of the day, yo, it's a Wu-Tang album because all the members on there is Wu, except one, and that one person that wasn't a member at the time was Nas. Nah, and, you know, me and Nas was like this. We had a solid rapport. We was all coming up together. Two more questions. Number one, whose idea was it to do the whole Wu Gambino thing? Because after that, everybody in hip-hop started doing the mafia and at that time, when I was when I was writing rhymes, I, I never really felt like I had a style the way RZA, Mass, you know, certain cats, Old Dirty, Jizza, they style. They had styles that connected on some kung fu expert. You know, that was they thing. I'm just coming in as a member, you know, just to be a part of it because I felt the movement and I love the fact that, yeah, we always big fans of of um karate movies back then so when it came down to making cuban links i knew that i wanted to do something totally different i wanted i wanted to have a vibe that would be my chamber would be raekwon's chamber and, and me and ghost talked about it and i said yo we're gonna change up our names and he was like yeah i'm tony Starks. tony Starks, iron man meaning that he carried that iron you know that mm-hmm. you know he's my frank nitty i'm al capone but he's my frank nitty you understand? So gotcha. that was the whole concept. And then next thing you know, RZA seen the vision and said, "Yo, I'm changing my name, Bobby Steele." So it's like it kind of it kind of created a, a a a chain of, a train of thought with everybody. So now you got met gotcha. knowing that he getting on my album. Yo, what's your name, bro? Yo, my name Johnny Blaze. Yo, Deck Raleigh Fingers. He rolled blunts. He always his pinky's always showing when he rolled a blunt. You know, um, you got <laughs> lucky hands. So. It was just all of that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I pretty much came up with the concept. And then wasn't the mafia? Know, was the mafia big in Staten Island too? Very. Oh hell yeah! The game, very so, big. It makes sense. Yeah, they were serious. I mean, to be yeah. honest with y'all, to keep it a hundred with y'all, I think I was going to call the album Wu Gambinos before we called it Cuban Links. And, mm. and I had brought that back to I had brought that back to the label to Steve Rifkin, and Steve was like. Yo, that might be a problem. I'm like, why is that a problem? He's like, you know why it's going to be a problem. And then I just thought about it. I said, you know what? You're right. It might be a problem. You know, so I said, it. I named a song Wu Gambinos. Gotcha. That's my last question. Would you change any? Would you change anything about the Wu-Tang legacy? I wouldn't change nothing about the legacy, but I'll change things about how we did business and how we dealt with things as a as a group because today and this is just me being a thousand with y'all Wu-Tang is a billion dollar franchise you understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. we we mm-hmm. did something that you might not never see in a hundred years so the only thing I probably would change is how we did how we did business because we were so young and getting so much money that we didn't pay attention to how the politics really work at the game Exactly. You cannot tell me that that Wu Tang logo is the biggest logo in music ever, in my opinion. That is the most easily. It is. It is. That is the best and most recognizable logo. It is. I guess all this is it was meant to happen, man. So 
I wouldn't change nothing, man. I think we all is in a great space with each other. We still we still here. We we got a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. we don't agree on everything. We don't agree. I'm sure y'all I'm sure y'all don't agree on everything. Yeah, it's impo- it's impossible. It's that's not true, even yep. possible. Yeah, y'all figure out a made a way y'all figure out a way to make it work and that's the same for us. Well, we appreciate you for checking in, man, and congratulations on 25 years, man. That is amazing. That's dope, right? 25. Congrats. Appreciate you, brother. It's, it's the Breakfast Club. It's Ray Quant. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. All right. Well, as you know, Tyler Perry was resuming shooting for two of his shows mm-hmm. and at his studios in Atlanta. And here was DeVal Ellis talking about, he's on the show, Sisters, how they were doing things. All of us got our own rooms in the crib. There's two people to a house. Tyler was very keen on everybody being diligent and vigilant with staying away from each other in between takes and while we're quarantined. So we got our own space, got our own bathrooms. The reason why I'm showing y'all this is because I want to try to see how important it is that we continue to protect each other as people. Well, Tyler Perry has revealed that four people have tested positive for coronavirus. He said we had 160 people check in the first day, go to their rooms, get tested, wait for their results. Nobody was able to leave their rooms. They had two positives, and then they had 200 people checked in soon after, and they had two positives within that, and those people all got escorted out to get the help that they needed. So it was four positives altogether before anybody even left their rooms. And before anybody started working, those rooms were kept closed and off limits to anybody until after shooting. So four positives out of 356 people. It's a good mm-hmm. rest, a good ratio. Right, and the good thing is at least everybody was quarantined, so they hadn't started shooting. They had to wait for their results. Everybody was in their rooms, so it didn't spread. Right. Hopefully, you know. All right, now let's talk about Marriage Boot Camp. And I've been telling y'all to watch this season because, you know, Corrupt was having some issues on there, and we discussed that with Snoop yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, this clip and this episode has not aired yet. It's actually coming on tonight. Is Vado and Tahiri. The two of them are together on the show. And this clip came out ahead of the new episode. I look crazy to y'all. I look extra aggressive. Yo, like, for real, my... He does get up and grab her, just so you guys know if you haven't seen the clip. I saw the clip yesterday, and that clip don't make me want to watch the show because I don't like that kind of dysfunction amongst black people. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, sitting that was... watching that, like, what the, hell, what the hell is wrong with that young man? But I was also like, thinking, why, why they put out that clip, though? Like, Be- You know why? Ratings and revenue. That's why. Ratings yeah, and revenue. And, I get and, it, and, but and, it's, and, 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 it's not right. It feels like you should be, you know, if that happens, you should take that. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I agree. That's hard to watch. Listen, I was watching, I watched that yesterday, and I said, Vado clearly got some healing to do, and this is what I mean when I say hurt people hurt people, and until you go help yourself and deal with that hurt, you'll continue to do suck-ass things uh, to women like like Vado did. And I, I just, I, I'm like, how fragile is your ego, King? I understand, you know, TV is TV, but like you said, we really got to watch the images we put out to our people. Because what purpose did that, does that yeah. serve to broadcast to people? Dr. Ish posted, this is not okay, y'all. Never, ever. I couldn't believe it happened. Everybody froze. We're going to do everything we can to make it right. And then Tahiri posted a statement. 
She said, first, let me say that I'm devastated that this will be shown for the world to see, but I fully understand that I have chosen to live my life, good, bad, and ugly, in front of the camera. Let me be clear for all the people that are saying that this was scripted. It is not. As a woman that has already suffered physical abuse at the hands of a man, why would I ever want to relive that? There is no check big enough for me to ever play like that. I appreciate the love and support that I've been receiving since this clip was released online. I ask for just a moment of privacy as I figure out the best way to address this publicly in full detail. Uh, now, Vado also posted on his Twitter page. He said, I get it. Y'all don't know me, but those that do know that I'm one of the most humblest mannered persons there is. With that being said, did I lose my cool? Yes, I did. Because regardless of what, I should have never grabbed her by her clothes. As a man, we're supposed to protect our lady, period. Even if they take in your kindness for weakness, but continue to watch the show and you will see who is the aggressor. Yeah, I, I thought, I, see, when, when they start doing stuff like, oh my gosh, I was so shocked that this came, why why, why, are, we, why are you putting the clip out? Why are you putting the clip out? And yes, we, we, you know, we both know Tahiri, we all know Tahiri, we all know Vado. You know, it's just, it's just, he, the, the brother needs help. Brother needs, he, he, and Vado also posted and deleted, nobody was hit, great editing, just watch the show. But you can't make excuses when something like that happens, okay? Regardless of if you were if you were provoked or what happened, there's no excuse for getting up and grabbing a woman, a woman like that or putting your hands on her anyway. I haven't seen the whole context, so maybe it's a learning experience. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe it's something to be learned from this, but... You know, for me, that's 17-year-old behavior. You know what I'm saying? At this age, Vado, your ego shouldn't be that fragile, King. And we have all these conversations about protecting women. So I think we should show some examples of black men doing just that instead of showing, you know, what they're showing us on Marriage Boot Camp with that clip. And it's, it's not like that show was live. They could have cut that if they wanted to, but they won't. And that's what I was saying. Rating. They, they know it brings ratings and revenue. And, you know, I'm just... I'm just kind of tired of seeing people profit off things that are real life triggers for folks. But I will you know say I mean? the whole point of marriage mm -hmm. boot camp is people in real life do be ha have these issues. And if this is something that people can learn from, if you're at home watching and maybe there's a woman in a relationship that's abusive, that's like, I'm leaving after watching this or there's some healing that can be done for other people. That is kind of the point of the show because you do see, you know, real couples going through things. But do you? Because, you know, you... you it's like you call it marriage boot camp. They're not married, and it just seems well, like it, it's some, a trick to get. There are some. There are some married couples on there. No, Vado like really from, not. No, they're not. But there's other couples on the show. Like corrupt, he ends up having to leave the show because you know, like we discussed with Snoopy, he's an alcoholic, and things were spiraling out of control. And so maybe that's something that will help him for real. And maybe somebody else is going through that watching the show. Listen, all I can say is a man, that's just a fragile ego. When I was 17 years old, I, I, I put hands on a, a young lady, and it's it's just fragile ego. You're just insecure. It's just low self-esteem. It's just like, yo, there's nothing a woman should be able to say to push you to that point. It's just not. And it's, as a bottle, how old Vado is? Vado in his 30s, ain't he? Uh, should be, yeah. Easily, Vado in his thirties, yeah. and you, you you on TV for the whole world to see. If you can't control your your temper in that moment, if your ego is fragile in that moment, my God, King, you really need to go sit down with somebody and get some help, bro. Like you gotta find you gotta find some healing. All right, well I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, um, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, Donkey is going to Sydney Parham. You may not know who Sydney Parham is, but you damn know, you damn sure know what she did. Uh, let me give you a hint. Boom. Okay. All right. We'll get we'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. You are 
a donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, huh? I'm a fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yeah. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Donkey of the day for Thursday, July 30th goes to a young 26-year-old queen named Sydney Parham. You know who Sydney Parham is, don't you? Well, you may not know her name, but you know her claim to infamy. See, Sydney is the Michigan woman who recently went viral because she couldn't wait to exhale. Oh, yes, she got her Bernadine Harris setting John's car on fire on when she was caught on camera blowing up her boyfriend's SUV. Don't act like y'all didn't see this video. Okay, we all saw a young firestorm. Okay, Queen Fire Lord using flames as a weapon like she heard Marvel was looking for diversity, so she decided to audition for the role of the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four. Let's go to WDIV Local 4 News for the report, please. This is what the Frasier woman charged with arson looks like after the explosion sent her flying into another car. The Macomb County Sheriff's Department says 26-year-old Sydney Parham has minor burns and cuts. The woman busts out a window in the Jeep, pours gasoline inside, and then throws a match. The force of the explosion she's caused throws her backward, but she crawls back to pick up the gas can and takes off as the Jeep begins to go up in flames. That that Jeep was all of three months old. The owner of it, Avery Stevenson, didn't want to go on camera, but he did tell us that while he knows 26-year-old Sydney Parham, she was not his girlfriend. As to a possible motive, he says he's not quite sure. He woke up to the boom of his Jeep exploding on Wednesday, rushed to his balcony, pulled out his phone, and couldn't believe what he was seeing. Parham has been charged with arson. You can see from her mugshot, she's got a couple burns on her face. The Sheriff's Department says she's going to be okay. She is expected back in court on August 5th. Sydney, you thought that was your boyfriend. But as you just heard, he's not even claiming you. Okay, I have so many things to say. First of all, Sydney, you should feel blessed to be alive with no serious injuries. Okay, I truly expected to see your mugshot this morning, and I expected to not see any eyebrows. But she either has her eyebrows already drawn on, or they are really, really thin. Moral of the story is she still has eyebrows. Round of applause for her having eyebrows. Okay. I, I, I expected her to look like Freddy Krueger in the face this morning. I really did, but no, none of that. Okay, I literally looked at her mugshot and I said to myself, God is good even when God doesn't have to be. Okay, he could have ignored Sydney in that situation. He could have sent all Sydney's prayers to the spam folder, but he was there for her. Okay, but clearly, uh, you know, God had a plan for Sydney because not only did she not suffer any burns, <laughs> there was a Ford Taurus or a Mercury Sable. I'm not sure what kind of car that was, but that car was perfectly placed to catch Sydney when she was blown backwards. If that car wasn't there, she might still be floating backwards through Michigan right now. Do you know in the X-Men comic books, when Jean Grey became the Phoenix, she used to use fire? The ill thing about Jean Grey was she was capable of doing anything her mind could think of. The reason I'm bringing this up is because, Sydney, you turned into the Phoenix. The difference between you and Jean Grey is you aren't supposed to do any and everything your mind can think of. Okay? Especially if it involves arson. All right? Setting some man who's not even claiming you, setting his car on fire. Okay? I want to take this time to say that I love black people. 
And I hate seeing black people making permanent decisions based off temporary feelings. Sydney, I don't give a damn how much you thought you loved this man, and I don't know what this man did to you to make you react in this way. But what I do know is that now you're the one with the mugshot. Okay, you're the one with the arson charge. You're the one getting donkey today. You're the one people are laughing at online because you use fire projection to destroy this man's vehicle and damn near killed yourself in the process. Okay, somebody has watched the TLC biopic on VH1 one too many times and thought that what the great left eye did was a good idea. Rest in peace to left eye. Okay, let me tell you something, man. A, a wise urban philosopher by the name of Calvin Brodus. You may know him as Snoop Doggy Dog. He once said... Now, you know I ain't with that shit, Lieutenant. Ain't no poom poom good enough to get burned while I'm up in it. That has nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. I was just listening to the G thing this morning, so it's on my mind. But it did make me want to tell you, Sydney, that ain't no PP good enough to burn anything over it. Okay? I don't care if you got burnt. And I'm not talking about flames, young sunfire. I'm talking about gonorrhea. Whatever it was he did that caused you to do what you did, I guarantee it was not worth it. Okay, I know everyone was talking about the Usher versus Chris Brown battle this weekend, and it had everyone digging into their catalogs, you know, but I promise you, Sydney, this is not what Usher meant when he said, let it burn. Please let Remy Ma give Sydney Parham the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker, you dumb. You thought that was your boyfriend, he not even claiming you. Mm. Come on, come on. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm -hmm. Now, when we come back, ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What you want know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Chris, can you yeah, speak, speak into up. the phone? You speak sound a little, a little louder, muffled. Brother. Can y'all can can hear me a little better? Yes. Hello. What's your question for Ye? Uh, hey, check this out, right? So, uh, yeah, I got some bizarre things. Um, let me ask you a question. What would y'all do if uh, you had a child with, uh, with the mother of your child? Y'all been together for five years. And um, the daughter, my daughter is four years old now. And you, she has two priors before me. So it's three, three kids in total. And you find out that she's had two other kids lingering around that she hasn't been fully taken care of. So um, wait, you are with, you've been with this woman for five years, right? You have a child together, um, and she has two other children, but you found out about two more? Two more, yeah. So we've actually been split up for the past, like, seven months. Um, just <clears> trying to work out our differences. Um, when we met each other, we, I was young. She was kind of older, so her needs became a little more than what I possibly could have provided for. Um, but in the time of us being separated, I was doing the best that I can um, just to get financially situated to where I was going to be able to take care of not only my daughter, but her kids that she's had before me. That she knew about, yeah. <laughs> that well, well, obviously that we've all been living together. You know, we've mm -hmm. all stayed together. She has two girls. They're twins. Um, I've known them since they were four years old. They're nine now. Um, and we've become the best of family. But, you know, things became sour. 
And um, since I've been separated from her, um, obviously I dropped my daughter off and I haven't spoken to the twins in a really long time. So I just called just to see how they've been doing. And um, when, I, when I called to check on them, I was like, you know, what's up with y'all? How y'all been? You know, I miss y'all. Love y'all. What's been up? You know, how's London? Is she over there? And she's like, no, she's at Granny's house. And I said, well, what y'all up to? She was like, oh, um, nothing. We're just over here just hanging out with our brothers. And I said, wait, y'all have brothers? And I was like, wow. oh, so I'm thinking maybe, I'm thinking maybe like the ex, you know, the, the, the baby father before he might have had some kids. Um, that, you know, she wanted them to be around because it's the summertime. Maybe they were working mm-hmm. on some things. I don't know. Um, I kind of stayed out of it, but I was kind of kind of crazy about it because I was like, damn, you know, y'all have brothers? I've, you know, I've been with y'all for five years. Like, I never knew y'all had brothers. Um, I thought this was all that was it. And she was like, actually, no, um, mommy has two other, bro- uh, two other kids. You didn't know? Um, and I was like, no, wow. I actually didn't. I actually didn't know. Um, That's crazy. And I was like, that's crazy as hell, right? So I was like, I was like, how old are they? And she was like, um, well, the oldest one is 14 and the other one is 12. And I was like, wow. So not only like, did she have other kids that she didn't tell you about, she also wasn't seeing them or taking care of them for five years. Well, you know what? It's kind of crazy because now everything kind of makes sense because even when we were together, that was kind of one of our downfalls. The weekend was the only kind of weekend that I had to kind of really do anything fun with my significant other. And because, you know, we both worked, uh, you know, a nine to five Monday through Friday. Um, mm-hmm. And I would always question her. I would always be like, you know, um, you know, she would go to the, she would take the twins to go to, you know, to the country. And I'd be like, why can't, you know, uh, our daughter go with you? And she was like, oh, because, you know, she just young and she could be, you know, running in the road. And, and you know, I just was so oblivious. And, you know, and then I'll be like, you know, why are you coming home at 1030, 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday knowing that, this was the only two Ooh, that is so... Listen, it's this crazy, is enough right here for me to... Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So y'all not right? even together anymore, though, right? We were separated for the past six months because, you know, she's just been acting completely, like, strange. You know, she's just been... You know, everything has just been just off. We were straight. We were in love. And then all of a sudden, things just became so weird. And um, I just didn't know what to do. So I had just been holding on, trying to do the right things, trying to better myself. So... If she was to ever, you know, say, you know, I want you to come back home. I want us to work things out because I love her and I truly wanted the best for the both of us. I wanted to make sure I was mentally and spiritually, you know, in line with my chakra to make sure that I was going to be at peace to be able to be the best man for her. And then when I called the twins to be like, you know, how have y'all been? Because I haven't talked to them in too much. They're like, oh, well, we're, we're just hanging out at the apartment with our brothers. Right. I just want to say, like, and I'm going to tell you this. This is my advice right now. I do not trust anybody who lies about their kids. The fact that she had two kids and never told you about that, do you think you could ever trust her? Man, hell no. Okay, so feel, take I'm, care of your I'm child. Co-parent. Do your part, but I would say you got to let that go. I do not. That's one thing that is a non-negotiable for me. If you have kids and you lie about it, don't tell me about it. That's the most deceptive thing that you could do. Another human being's life who you love and you don't tell someone you had two other kids. I think that is somebody you just can't ever trust. It's so crazy because when I found out, I asked, I was like, so what's the situation? Like how, you know, how does your dad have both of these kids? And she was like, no. She was like, mommy had uh, her oldest at um, 17, but she don't know I know, but I know. Because, see, that's crazy. Cause kids that's ridiculous. Kids yeah. know things. Kids know things. And then she said, my daddy had um, just 
uh, you know, I don't want to say his name, but, you know, just, you know, she had him and, and had us. So basically, when I came into the picture, it was the right moment for her to be like, hey, look, this is my situation. And you know what? The crazy yeah. thing is, I had loved, I had loved her so much, I probably would have been like, you know what? The hell with it. Let's, let's give it a go. You know, I would love to meet him. But because I came in the picture, the second child was probably like, oh, the father was like, oh, you got another man. Uh, in your life, so I'm not about to let another man raise my child, blah, 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 so I'm going to keep him, or whatever the case may be was. But when I called her out on it, right, I said, you know, I, you know, we're separated. I wanted to leave it alone, but I was so angry. I didn't know what yeah. to do, so I had to come She's got her, her own... It. She's got her own issues. Just be glad that y'all are separated right now. Raise your child that you guys have together the best way that you possibly can. Make sure you co-parent in that child's life. Always communicating. But I think that is something that is a non-negotiable. You're not taking care of your kid the way that you, kids just, the way you're supposed to, and you lied about it. That's the most deceptive thing for all these years. Man, that's crazy, man. You know, and then the crazy thing about it is when I when I even just came to her and I was like, how could you like after I already knew all the information. I was like, how could you keep two kids prior to the ones that you already had away? How could you not tell me that? She was like, what? What are you talking about? Man, get off my phone. And she hung up the phone, right? So she already yeah, knew mm-hmm. I knew something that she didn't know that I, she didn't want me to know. And then when I called her back, I had to call three times just for her to pick up the phone again. And then that is when I laid all the facts out that I knew everything. And her response was, after five years of us being together, and her for her to not say, please let me explain, her response was, so what? It had nothing to do with you. It was none of. It had nothing to do with you. See, that's how much you don't know me. Yeah, she's a she's a selfish liar. So just be glad you got out. Find somebody that's more worth your time. Best of luck to you. But I'm telling you right now, keep it pushing. Oh man, I appreciate y'all, man. All right, take All right, care. Man. Good luck. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, hit Yee now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Alex. Hey, Alex, what's your question for Yee? Yeah, so uh, I want to ask her, um, my girl, she she gets upset when I go to the gym. Um, Not that I'm going too often. I'm just going like three or four times uh, a week. And uh, she gets upset at that. She thinks I don't spend enough time with the family. And uh, Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. You know, it's funny you say that. So... I had a boyfriend that he used to go to the gym every single day. And even one year on my, it was my birthday and he had to go to the gym before we went out to dinner. So you're seeing you only go three to four times a week, right? Yes. How long, how much time do you spend in the gym? Like how much of the day does that take in getting there, going to the gym and coming Uh, back home? Probably like an hour and a half. Okay. That doesn't sound unreasonable. Does she have time to go do things that she needs to do for herself? Uh, I allow her to, but sometimes... She seems like she she gets upset about that, that she doesn't have enough time for herself. But I try to give her time. You know, anytime she wants to do anything, she could do it. All right, so this is what I recommend. A, she's saying you don't spend enough time with the family, which is good. She needs you. She wants you to spend more time. So I would say when you go to the gym, right, as, as the same time you can schedule those things, make sure that you're scheduling time to do things and planning to do things with the family. So just like you can take that hour and a half, three to four times a week to go to the gym, make sure you spend that same amount of time planning dinners or movie nights or things like that that you can do together as a family. Do you do those things? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you so you've been very active 
as far as being proactive and planning things with her and planning things with your family? Yes, uh, like on the weekend, you know, I try to spend as much time with her. I don't go on Sundays for that reason. Saturdays, I just go in the morning, like, or like I said, like about an hour and a half. And, you know, she gets upset is about it, that. I don't know why. Is there another reason? Is Does she not trust you? No, uh, I don't think so. You know, I mean, we've been married for about three years already. We haven't had any problems like that. Do you guys ever go to the gym together? No, we don't. Um, she doesn't like going to the gym as often, you know, going with me or anything. Right. I mean, look, the only recommendation I could give you is make sure that you're planning real things. Like, if you're like, look, I'm going to the gym. When I come back, we're going to do this. So make sure you're ready. You know, sometimes you just have to show people that you care and make that effort, especially if if you feel like she's being unreasonable, then you guys need to discuss and be like, okay, so what would make you happy? Does she want you to not go to the gym at all? Like, what does she want? I'm not too sure. You know, I tried my best doing everything I could. All right, so ask her. Be like, well, what would make you happy? How do you want to schedule this and plan this? I just want to see what her response is and see what she says, if she has a solution, because people can't, complain and be upset about things without a solution so ask her well what is the solution to this what would you like me to do would you like me to not go to the gym would you like to plan more things would you like me to not go to the gym as often i just need to know what it is that we can compromise on and then i'll tell you how i feel about it okay sometimes it's just communication yeah. that's an issue yep all right, yeah, because it sounds like the problem might be something else it might be that she feels neglected and this might be spilling over into your gym time okay that sounds good. All right. Good luck. All right. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and we are going to be talking about Jess Hilarious. People are very upset about a sketch that she did, and that has to do with Megan Thee Stallion. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Gee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk. No limit. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Yes. So last night debuted Masterpiece docuseries No Limit Chronicles on BET. Now, one thing he talked about was a very bad basketball injury that he had and how traumatic that was. It was time for me to be a big star. He had the weight of his whole family. It wasn't just his immediate family. It was like the whole hood. And he knew that basketball could help everybody. So I'm in practice, going so hard, and I fell. Then I heard a pop. Doctors told me it was an ACL injury. Just this quick, I thought my life was over. Everything then crashed. I start questioning God in my mind. I keep seeing my grandfather around me telling me, man, you know what? You're going to have to figure something out. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad. Now I he... tell you guys, I'm so mad I missed this mm -hmm. last night. I'm so mad, but I'm going to watch it right after the show this afternoon. Though. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm going to watch it again. I, I watched it again last night when it can't re-ran. All right, another thing Master P discussed was dealing with priority and the executives there and how basically he had all these ideas on making money and they would push back. Listen to this. We saw how much money we was making off of one album. We can make an album every month. Look how much more money we could get down the road. Every Wednesday there'd be an executive meeting and we'd go in there and talk about the projects that were on the table. So I'm sitting in this corporate meeting. They telling me everything I can. 
out of nowhere, <laughs> I said, man, you think you white, you right. Man, you know what, this is my company. I can put out how many records I want to put out. And that's how we left. And after that, they got in line. Drop one of Clues Bombs for Master P, man. That was the moment for me. You know, I love Master P. Black icon, legend. I've always been inspired by his business moves. When you watch that doc, you are inspired by his faith in God, his love for his family, and his fearlessness of the white man. <laughs> all right? That's all that matters I love it. You gotta love it. Mm-hmm. Salute to goddamn Master P. I, gotta, I can't wait to watch the rest of that documentary, man. It's three more parts. All right, now let's discuss Megan the Stallion. If y'all recall, she went on her IG Live and said this about all the controversy surrounding the shooting. She got shot in her uh, her foot, and people were making a lot of jokes. Here's what she had to say. And it's not funny. There's nothing to joke about. It was nothing for y'all to start going and making up fake stories about. <laughs> well, look, then Jess Hilarious went ahead and and did a sketch where she reenacted what happened between Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion from her point of view. I guess this was supposed to be funny, but at this time, Megan Thee Stallion is tired of all the jokes and so are a lot of her her, uh, her followers. Listen to this. Now, when the bullet first struck Megan, I can only imagine how she felt. Now, if you've never been shot before, you don't know her pain, okay? And I imagined that the sound that was produced when she felt the hot metal was of this. Ah, uh, hey, ah, uh, oh. Tori, if he did this on purpose, which we are justifying that he did not, it would have looked like this. Bitch, what you mean? Let me, let me get that motherfucking foot. Let me get that toe. It doesn't happen like that. That's not the way it would go. Who does that? At this point, our investigation is still open. Yeah, you know, what? I think at this point, you got to learn, like, it's not funny. It's not something anybody should be poking fun of. She went through a very traumatic experience. Anything could have went left, and everything is not meant to be funny. I agree with that, but I'm also 42 years old, and I understand uh, a comedian being a comedian. Even if I don't agree with the comedian's jokes, I respect their right to say them. And I watched that video, and I said, damn, Jess, not right now. And I knew she would get backlash, but if she's willing to stand on that, that's on her. Everybody's got freedom of speech, but you aren't free from the consequences of that speech. So when you make jokes like that, when you make statements on certain things, you got to stand on it and deal with what comes with it. And of course, not. And, and of I course, after, say, Megan this, after Megan the Stallion posted that whole video about how terrible things have been for her, you know, I just think that you have to take things like that into consideration. I, I, I will say, though, when she put it out right after Megan the Stallion, I was like, wow. I was like, yo, she took the risk. She, she took the risk. Yeah, she, she did. Made a sketch out of, she made a sketch out of a traumatic situation. And like I said, as a man who grew up on, you know, real edgy comics, Living Color and Chappelle mm-hmm. show, I, I, I get it. You know, comedians take risks. They joke about things that other people are scared to touch. However people choose to react to it, though, she got to deal with it. But social media must have been busy because she posted that three days ago. It was kind of, oh, it, was a, it was a very late re- Yeah, she posted it right after Meg did her video. So that was a very late reaction. Well, Beyonce sent flowers to Megan Thee Stallion as she recovers from being shot also. And the card said, Queen, sending you all my love. God bless Beyonce. So shout out to her. That's the right thing. All right. Now, Kanye West, his presidential petition in New Jersey has 600 faulty signatures, according to a lawyer. They said Mr. West's petitions do not contain the valid signatures of 800 qualified voters and should have been rejected by the division. They actually posted a screenshot. I don't know if you guys saw it, but some of the signatures are written in, like, the same handwriting. 
And some of them also lack complete addresses. So, <laughs> so what are you saying, Yee? Are they fortune signatures? <laughs> I mean, That's at least crazy. try to change the handwriting. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. So there were. Yo, yeah. If you don't like you fake Yeezys, you can't like fake yeah, signatures. You, <laughs> you have to have over eight hundred. He submitted thirteen hundred twenty-seven. Six six hundred of those appear to be faulty. So, you know, there you have it. He wouldn't need to I'm do not, that. Though. I think people would sign I'm for not, him. Giving that no energy. That's not a real campaign. We got to focus on November 3rd, okay? I I don't even want to hear about Joe Biden no more. I want to hear about who the running mate is, okay? That's what I'm voting for. So hopefully, right. for for the running mate. Hopefully, hopefully I'm voting for Senator Kamala Harris. We'll find out next week. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. Streaming tomorrow, brought to you by Black is King. Streaming tomorrow on Disney Plus. Experience a new visual album from Beyonce with music from The Lion King, The Gift, a celebratory memoir that reimagines the lessons of The Lion King. Black is King. Streaming tomorrow only on Disney Plus. All right. Shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in, and let's go. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's happening? Now, um, shout to Ray Kwan for stopping through this morning, man. Shout to Ray, man. Ray's a good dude. He always pops up. He always shows love. He's just a great guy. Shout to Ray Kwan. Yes, that is my guy. Ray, you know how much guy. I love Raekwon. Y'all know my first job was working with Wu-Tang. And I want to just say, like, on behalf of Raekwon, I've seen him do so many amazing things for people. He's the type of person that if he sees somebody on the street that's homeless, he will give them the coat off his back. You know what I'm saying? Always been a real super cool and chill dude, just a genuine person, just the way that he was in that interview. And I love people who are like that in real life. Nah, Ray's super solid. Super solid. Salute to Ray. Salute to my man, um... Ray put me on to something, too. Salute to Ray. Salute to Citizen Ground. He put me on to this a while ago, but that's my guy. But uh, the Purple Tape, man. Only built for Cuban Links. 25th anniversary. Classic hip-hop album. I tell all you kids all the time, okay? If you want to learn something, go back and study what came before you. That is one of the, that. When I say, not only is that one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, that's one of the greatest albums of all time, period. Rolling Stone even had it ranked as one of his top 500 albums of all time. And I still stand by the fact that it needs to be a movie done on the Purple Tape that Quentin Tarantino directs, like a new crime drama, like a new version of New Jack City or something based off the purple tape. Okay. All right, well, when we come back, positive note, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? And before that, streaming tomorrow, brought to you by Black is King, streaming on Disney+. Plus. Experience a new visual album from Beyonce with music from The Lion King, The Gift, a celebratory memoir that reimagines the lessons of The Lion King. Black is King, streaming tomorrow only on Disney+. Plus. Go ahead, fam. I'll be, wa- I'll be watching that with my daughters this weekend for sure. But um, mm-hmm. the positive note is simply this. I'm about to post this on my Instagram, by the way. People are going to judge you whether you do what you want or do what they want. So live for yourself. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?